understand that it's both your mouth and your heart that have to be engaged in this decision for salvation. Some of you are frustrated because you feel like God did this work in me. I know I'm saved, but I just, I don't feel confident that I can lead someone to Christ. You get these few verses in you. All you got to do is walk them through the word. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. It's all about who's Lord of your life. Jesus is Lord. And you believe in your heart. So it's with your mouth you confess, right? You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is written with your heart that you believe and are justified. And with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Welcome to the PC Youth Pod. Thanks for joining us this week. Our message this week is on the topic of the Holy Spirit and how he works in our life on a daily basis. So let's get ready and enjoy the message. But we wanted to dive into the into the word tonight to kind of seal that moment that we had um, on Wednesday, or sorry, on Friday. Um, like I said, for those of you that weren't there, we had a big party. I mean, we had Manhouse Worship come down on from, from Portland, Pastor Brian Holmes was there, and we had a service um, where Pastor Brian brought the word, and we talked about, hey, look, look who it is. That made my day right there to see that man walk through the door. <laughs> I was trying to stall. I wasn't telling him that I was trying to stall, but look, he made it. We're here. I'm going to give him this mic. Get up for Pastor Aaron. Keep going. Let me catch my breath. He's going to... He's going to cover for me looking funny. Let's just say that. I didn't even get into anything. I was just stalling. So you're here. Welcome to the I day. I told him in the lobby you were good at that, so you're covering. Oh. Good job. Hi, everybody. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Give up for Pastor Aaron. He's doing like three things at once all the no, time. No, man. This is fun. He's the best. I'm excited that... God's totally moving already up there in that college room. They're praying for you and uh, just excited about, you know, it's the first night in 8, 10, 12 weeks, whatever that we've Three been apart. Probably, we've been together yeah. for a few months and I really felt like that was intentional and what the Lord told us to do. And I hope you guys enjoyed having the college back here. You know, it's important for us to know each other and to be connected and I'm um, just grateful for that season. But I'm also excited for them to kind of have their own time. So... You know, um, we are one big family, though. Amen. Amen. Man, you're good looking. Nobody said amen. Unbelievable. Well, I don't know. What did you tell him about where we're going? I was just covering Friday night. How good a night it was. Man, God wasn't moved. that fun? Did you have a good time? Okay, one, two, three. What tell me I your know? favorite thing. One, two, three. Go. I heard sumo what was and Tyler's snacks. favorite thing. Snacks. snacks. <laughs> Tyler did. We did hold that down, right? I had the biggest sugar rush. Nobody should have trusted me at that station. I was trying to go, Corey, I was trying to go zero sugar. I blew everything that night. Those Mike and Ikes, they just called my name and then the sour gummies. Shauna went what above is your tr- and beyond. She did. Can here. you give it up for Miss Shauna Snyder? Even if she's not here, she, maybe she's walking online. She's incredible. Feeds us well. Pastor Aaron said to me after, he's like, Spencer, why did you let me eat that sugar? I'm going to die tomorrow. <laughs> it's true. I had a, quite the sugar rush. Coming after that. Somebody help me dilute this thing with water. What is your favorite treat? Diabetes. That was Marcos that said that, wasn't it? I know his voice. I heard free pretzels. 
I love free pretzels. It's true. I did give him. I gave him free pretzels. I was getting a little generous. The tickets didn't mean much to me after a while. So if any of you took advantage of that, that was wise of you. You're like, that guy, he... Wisdom. That's right. Come find the softy up there. Okay. Well, we really are excited about what God did on Friday night. We felt like uh, it was a special night. We have new family members that are here tonight because of that, getting connected with us. I want to encourage you all to make sure if you don't, if there's somebody in here you don't know, it doesn't matter what grade level they're in, go meet them, right? Come on, we want to be the most welcoming youth ministry, the most welcoming church anyone has ever experienced, right? When they come in here, they need to not experience, you know, us over in our huddle in our corner, but people from all over just coming in like, man, that was a lot of people saying hello. I can't remember anybody's name, but it's going to be great getting to know them over time. That needs to be the feel. People come because they feel like they matter there. And I hope you feel like you matter here. I'm going to tell you what, what we're going to talk about tonight is that you matter to God in the most significant way you could possibly, it's beyond any time that Spencer and I have tonight to be able to unpack it, but we're going to tap into some important things tonight. I want you to understand truly as we were talking through salvation and we were talking through what, what God has really done for us, we wanted to really back up and just say, do you fully grab onto what God has done for you? There should be, and I'm going to use this word through the night, a spirit of humility on all of us to say, God, I don't ever want to stop growing. You'll hear me say that a lot because that's really been the story of my journey with Christ. There was a lot of me that felt like, you know, I got that figured out. And then God would come along and go, no, you don't slap. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, and sometimes that comes, that wake up moment comes from, um, a leader, someone you trust. Sometimes that comes through the Holy spirit. We're going to talk about that tonight. That just that wake up, he comes to lovingly, you know, bring truth and bring correction. The, the word of God will bring that all scriptures. God breathe useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I'm grateful for the word. Anybody grateful for the word in here? Amen. Who brought their Bible? Hold up your Bible. Come on. Look, this row is shaming all of you. Hey, I think I gave away like $55 bills the other day and now nobody bought their Bible. Props, mad props. I want to see more rows packed with Bibles like this. I don't have to give away money to get get, get your Bible here. (laughs) That was a chunk, People are like, huh? I don't remember that happening. That was a chunk. That was an investment. I liked that. I know you were feeling a little bit like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? But I was proud of you. Come on, we gotta, we gotta be a little crazy. If we wanna see new fruit, we gotta be going to, we're willing to go new places if we wanna experience new things. That means there may be new discomfort. Come on, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I'm not interested in living that way. Anybody with me? That means that I have to constantly be open to change and adjustment and correction. So, I want to just encourage you as we dive in here, I'm pretty excited about this because I think for some of us, what can happen is we can come to the Lord in a season and it's like we grab onto some of what he has for us, but we don't fully understand what he did. So I'm going to maybe, you might, some of you might even feel this way. I might even fire hose you a little bit real quick with the word and, and, and just an outline of what God did, but then I'm going to break it down into what's called the Romans road. Some of you are very aware of that. Some of you aren't. I'm stealing some of your water. Do it. 
Thank you for t- speaking the truth out there. I was running through the lobby and I asked Daniel Howard, I'm like, can I have that? And he just hucked it at me. And I made a pretty good catch down low like this. And he was mad that I caught it. And I felt good that I just frustrated him in that way. But anyway. Sorry, I didn't waterfall. So come on. Uh, my son was telling me, Aiden was telling me, how they just started a, a whole section on evolution at school. Who's been through that chapter? That, that, that term? Yeah? So I want you to know that in every discipline of science, every corner of study, this book that we celebrate, the Word of God, has something to say about all of it. You know, I remember my freshman year, or excuse me, my senior year in college, I was taking a freshman level class that I skipped my freshman year because I was trying to take it easy. And I paid later, Spence. You probably never did that. I don't think you did, but that's okay. Just pretend like you understand me. Okay. But I skipped this class, and so I had to take it as a senior. And I was going through, oh, look at the kindness. Can you guys give it up for Case? Casey. What a man of God. No sharing germs, he says. (laughs) Now I can drink more. Casey, thank you. (laughs) Anyway. But I remember standing up in this class, and I wouldn't have ever been ready for this my senior year, but my senior... My freshman year, but my senior year, this professor started to just go off on evolution and just said, if you believe and you have some sort of faith, you know, there's nothing that backs that up. So then I stood up in front of 500 students at Oregon State and I said, so you're trying to tell me and all these people in here that there is no science, there are no facts, there is no history, there is to back up what I believe with my life about Jesus Christ. And we just went at it <laughs> in front of 500 people. But I'm going to tell you, I had to grow into that. There were other areas of my life, I'm just going to be really straight with you, that, that were not that strong. But there was, there was some stubbornness in me. And I was tired of being, having me and my friends be fed lies. Now, there's a way to go about that. But that was a moment that I felt like God called me to stand. I want you to know that the creator of the universe is Jesus Christ. God the Father. Somebody with me right now. Amen. He put it all together. He put you together. He created the universe, the earth. God wanted companionship with you. He created man for relationship. In the garden, we understand that man sinned. Say, oh... It's true, it happened, okay? And the consequence of sin was separation from God. God wiped out the wickedness of man through the flood. He used Noah, right, to save the human race. God chose a people for his own through a covenant with Abraham. Abraham, Israel. He wanted intimacy restored, so he sent his son. Somebody say, amen. Amen. Jesus was born through Mary, the virgin, And her husband, Joseph, Jesus lived a sinless life and poured his heart into the disciples and many others. Jesus purchased our freedom by going to the cross. Somebody say amen. Amen. He did it for our sins, to cover your sin, to cover my sin. Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day. And then he came and he met with a bunch of people, the disciples and a a whole bunch. He walked the earth, appearing to many, and then ascended to heaven and sitting sitting at the right hand of the Father. Jesus then sent the Holy Spirit of Pentecost to live and dwell inside us, to rest on us, to teach us how to walk with Christ, to give us power, to have victory in Christ, and to be our helper, our strength, our comforter, and more. So, 
I think sometimes it's like, okay, yes, I have a sin problem, or hey, I don't want to go to hell, and yes, I'll say yes to Jesus, and I understand parts of that. I want you to understand, he wanted relationship with you. Anna, Mason, Corey, come on, Kiana, he wanted relationship with you. Tonight, that's his dream, is greater intimacy with you, Spencer. And you have a choice, and I have a choice, whether we're going to engage that or whether we're going to be like, no, thank you, or I, I'm okay with, I don't want to be one of those weird Christians. I think Jesus was like one of the coolest people ever. Do you know it says clearly in Scripture that he was plain? There was nothing about him physically that would draw anybody except for the way that love flowed through him. Don't you love that about God? He could have come in a lot of different ways. He came in, in humility. Here's that word again, humility. And he came and he said, all I want, Daniel, is I want connection. I want relationship. Some of you even coming off of a Friday night, whether you were here or not, you just, you still kind of do the math and you're like, I haven't earned. And I want, I want to unpack this tonight as we, as we understand what God has for you. You don't have to earn grace. You receive grace. He finished it. It was a victory like none other on the cross. Greatest victory ever. And it was one for you. What he finished there. The enemy will try to make you think it wasn't finished. But it was finished. But the problem is we get discouraged and we get off here. And then we think I got, we got to earn our way back. But I love the story of the prodigal. Because the prodigal son. For those of you who don't know this. It's all through the gospels. Jesus shared this brother. It was his teaching. And he said, listen, I've got this picture. There's the older brother over here. He's done everything right. And then the younger brother who goes off and wastes all of inheritance. And then he comes back. And as he returns, it doesn't say he earned anything. All he did was return and turn around. And he starts moving towards the father. And the father runs to him. And what did he do after that? He got completely restored like that. Robe, sandals, ring, meal, feast, relationship. And I want you guys to get that tonight, that there is a relationship available to you and that I still haven't fully understand. I don't care from moms and dads that have walked with them since the day that they can remember breathing. I'm going to be discovering more about that relationship the rest of my life. So I want to encourage you while you're sitting there tonight to be sitting in humility and going, God, I want something new. I want to understand something new tonight about that. So when we're walking towards Christ, the first thing that he desires in restoring that relationship is the Romans road. It's, it's laid out in the Romans road. It's how does that relationship get, get restored? And the first thing we have to understand is that we have sinned. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You have to understand that you have a sin problem. Every one of us have to understand that. And then to understand that the in Romans 6.23, it, it talks about what is the cost of that sin. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what? it's not like we all sin and oh, it's okay. The wage of that sin is death. The cost, the consequence of that sin is death. But God. Say, but God. but God. I love this verse. One of the greatest verses. This is the pivot verse right here. But God. Romans 5, 8, demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before you ever made a decision, before you chose to walk with him, before you chose to come here tonight, before you chose anything on that cross, he created a bridge for you. He created access for you. 
to come over into relationship with him. I love that. I love that he doesn't force it. Anybody with me on that? That he's a gentleman. And he says, just take my hand. I'll keep coming after you for the rest of your life, Spencer, if I have to. But my love is right here. It's right here. It's right here. All I have to do is turn around and accept it. There's some, there's some stuff that gets on us, though, in sin. And sometimes even when you come around and you admit I've got sin, I understand you're the solution. I understand what you did for me. But I am so full of shame right now, I don't know what to do with myself. Can anybody relate? We don't have to raise our hands right now, but just look at me right now and be like, yeah. Shame can get on you. It comes in a lot of different forms. Enemy will bring it. Sometimes I bring it. So I'll just remember all my stuff. You know, it can come from people. Because sometimes people like to remember your stuff, even though God doesn't. True? Just show them grace. Show them love. But I want you to understand that is not the heart of God. Romans 8, 1 says this. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. That's his heart for you. By the way, I want to encourage everyone in here to memorize these five, six verses right here. You can lead anyone to Christ, right? For all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. But God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I had to get this in me because I was desperate to start getting some payback against the devil for what he had tried to rob me. And I wanted to be able to tell people his story. And so I'm like, I'm going to get this inside me. And this is coming from a guy who hadn't memorized anything but a bunch of movies, okay? Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. So that means all my stuff, not shame, but he says, I'll work it together for good if you'll let me. Does anybody appreciate that about God? That means it's not just me getting forgiven and forgiven and surviving my sin. It's like, God, that right there, that was sin. Now, I'm asking you, because you promised you would, to actually flip it into something that's a blessing. So the very thing, the very attribute, lack of character, you and I have had lots of conversations about all of our stories as we were coming to Christ, right? The very attribute in which sent me the wrong direction, when it's submitted to God, can be the very thing. My strength, the enemy will try to steal your strength to get you killed off in sin or ultimately in, in any way. But when that is, when your strength is given back to him, we talked about that the other night, when your gifts are given back to him, it's amazing how quickly he can restore it. And you go, man, this thing that's always bothered me about me. Now it's maybe my favorite thing. God, thank you for making me unique. Thank you for making me passionate. It used to get me in trouble. Anybody with me? I had all kinds of creativity and sin, but I had to learn how to give all that creativity back to God. And when he started to get the glory for that, it was amazing how things started to get healed pretty quick. Last verse in this Romans road. If you declare with your mouth, this is crucial when it comes to you being able to lead someone to Christ. I want you to understand that it's both your mouth and your heart that have to be engaged in this decision for salvation. Some of you are frustrated because you feel like God did this work in me. I know I'm saved, but I just, I don't feel confident that I can lead someone to Christ. You get these few verses in you. All you got to do is walk them through the word. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. It's all about who's Lord of your life. Jesus is Lord. And you believe in your heart. So it's with your mouth, you confess, right? You believe in your heart. 
that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is written, with your heart that you believe and are justified, and with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So it's connecting those two. How many would say your mouth has gotten you in trouble a few times in life? All the rest of you need to have your mouth. Anyway, okay. It's important that my tongue is engaged, that my tongue is given to the Lord. That that I declare out of my mouth what I'm asking for. And that I engage in my heart faith. Okay? So it's a process. In that, so when you're talking about salvation, that's the process. It's that simple. We don't earn it, but it, it has to be that I understand that I have a sin problem and that he's the solution. Right? And then I come into this relationship with him and it comes out of me declaring with my mouth. Some of you are going to do that tonight. I declare he's Lord. And I believe that he was raised from the dead. And it's in that exchange. It's a supernatural exchange. It's a faith exchange in which I go from I'm king of my life to your Lord. You're in charge. And the second step in water baptism is you publicly declaring that. So after I've been saved, made a decision for Christ, okay? Some of you have heard about this and you've been confused and be like, what, what, what is water baptism all about? Why do people get up there in this tank? It's me making a decision to go public for God the way that he went public for you. Now, I was already in ministry. I had been baptized in a bathtub by my dad when I was too young to know what was going on in front of like four awkward people. And I was starting in ministry and I was down by a river where a bunch of other people were getting baptized and the Holy Spirit just said to me, what about you? And I went, I'm good. What are you talking about? And we had this argument for about two or three minutes before I was like, if you want me in that river, I, I'm, I want to be in that river. It, I was starting to learn to yield my heart. And it was, I want you to understand water baptism is an obedience step. It says who is Lord. I love in sign language, this is Lord. Somebody signs in here. Raise your hand if you sign. Somebody? Okay, nobody knows if I'm telling the truth or not. It is, Lord, okay? <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I want you to understand how, how important it is that we learn how to go public for the Lord. And it's you also making a decision of, out of obedience. It's your public statement of love and trust that I'm partnering with the body of Christ to say, hey, Sierra, hey, Dan, Will you pray for me? This is Isaac. This is who I'm asking the Lord to form me into. And I'm asking you to help me. Will you pray for me? I'm going public and I want accountability for what I've decided. As opposed to, yeah, I kind of believe when I'm over here. No, that's why every person that gets up in the tank needs to make a statement of faith on their own. Does everybody understand? If any of you have not been water baptized yet, there's nothing to be freaked out about. Just say, God, is that something that, is that for me? If you've made a decision for Christ and you haven't been water baptized, that's the next step. And for some people, they may have made that decision early on and they need to do it again. There's nothing wrong with that. You can do that because maybe I've gone through a season where it's been pretty extreme sin or it, I, I just know he hasn't been Lord of my life and I want to make a, a, a rededication publicly of who I'm following. And I want to encourage you to do that. We do that on Sundays now. Um, during the 1130 service about once every four to six weeks. And it's an important step. You're preaching with your life. Zoe, that would be you standing up there and saying, this is who I trust. This is who is Lord. I'm, I'm putting all my chips on Jesus, you know? 
And so I want to encourage you guys to be praying through those. So we, we just felt like it was important tonight to slow down and to understand all that God has done for us. Because sometimes we don't fill in the gaps. And in ministry, we just go fast and we expect that everybody knows stuff. And every time, by the way, that I preach something like this, I'm like, yeah, I'm working on that in you, Aaron. Like, he teaches something in me. He, he, he affirms and he, and he straightens things out. Jesus set the example for that. Would you agree? In the Gospels, it talks about that. He's the one who was water baptized. If, if there was anybody who didn't need to be water baptized, it was probably Jesus. Would you agree? But he did it to set the example, to fulfill scripture. And do you remember what happened? I want to read you this scripture here. We're getting ready to wrap up and I'm going to, I'm going to pass off to Spence. But it was, it was in a pivotal point in Jesus's ministry when John the Baptist baptized him. And there was some very, very important statements that were made right here. And the Holy Spirit, this is when Jesus is being baptized, descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And the voice out of heaven said, this, you are my, my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There's three things that I want you to capture in this. It's not just, I, I, I will tell you this, when I look back to my, when I got water baptized, the whole trajectory of my life changed. Ministry wasn't even on my radar. When I say I was moving, I was leading worship, playing guitar very poorly. I could sing, but I could not. <laughs> Some of you don't know that I even play, but I used to. And um, I was just being obedient with what I knew. But I can look back at that moment. And it's like God got a hold of me on a whole nother level. Because I was willing to be, to be public for him. And in this scripture, I want you to see what we've got. We've got the Trinity at work. In this one scripture, Jesus being baptized, the father speaking over his son. Would you agree? This is my son whom whom I'm well pleased. And then the Holy Spirit coming down in a dove. And what did Jesus go into right after that? Anybody yell it out? Where was he headed right after this? Come on. In the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights, right? To be tempted by the enemy. And he overcame all that. He did it all to set the example. This is how you overcome. Everything in his life was about setting the standard, fulfilling scripture, setting an example for how to live a victorious life. But if, as we get into next, talking about the Holy Spirit, if the king of the universe, if Jesus Christ, the son of God, comes down and he fulfills all this and walks through this and shows us by the Holy Spirit coming, you see the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all three parts, all equal, okay? You see them completely at work together. Would you agree? There's a lot of confusion about this in the church and we're not going to get off into the weeds about all kinds of stuff. But I want you to understand how important it is that you understand all three aspects of the Godhead at work there. Your heavenly father adores you. (laughs) The son, it says, Jesus ever lives to make intercession and the Holy Spirit who comes and indwells us wants to teach you how to live out of victory. He wants to pour power on you. And I believe that what God started on Friday night and way before that, that this is going to be another big step tonight in us just moving in that and understanding all that God has. Well, as Pastor Aaron was just even speaking, it was just kind of on my heart that 
I don't want to find myself in a place where I'm comfortable with where I'm at. Okay, God, I got this far. I'm good. Like, I got it from here on my own. I want to be in a constant state of wanting more, pursuing more. God providing me more power to be more like Him um, and move like Him. I don't want to... I try to do things. I mean, I spoke about this a few weeks ago. I've tried to do things on my own for a long time, and I still I still struggle with that. Um, but it's very important for me to be able to constantly remind myself, no, God, God has more for me. I want to be able to constantly striving after that and not be content with, with what the world has, but what God has for me uh, moving forward. And one thing that I feel very strongly about um, and what our church and our our staff feels very strongly about is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, but to kind of unpack it first, I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit moved um, in the Old Testament because it's super. It's not as prominent as it is in the New Testament, um, but also during the New Testament, Pentecost and afterwards. But in the Old Testament times, I mean, we've all heard the Bible stories, David and Goliath, Samson, Samuel. The Holy Spirit was at work in all those situations. He came down and poured upon judges, prophets, and warriors and gave them strength beyond what they could imagine. I mean, even think about David. He was this tiny kid, got called to go fight Goliath, and he's like, I'm not going to be able to do this. But God and His Holy Spirit gave him the strength extraordinarily um, to be victorious in that way. Um, so there's a process to this. Um, God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they've always been existing. But in the New Testament, specifically in Acts, um, on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, God poured out His Spirit after He ascended into heaven. So, like Pastor Aaron was saying, Jesus lived a sinless life. He got water baptized just as an example for us, and still went out into the wilderness to be tested just like everyone else has. He experienced every sin or temptation. He didn't experience any sin, but He experienced every temptation that we've all went through, every single temptation. Um, so as an example of that, he obviously did, did great works on, on earth, and like Pastor Aaron said, he died for us on this earth and was crucified on a cross and three days rose again later. Um, so after he ascended into heaven on the day of Pentecost, I just kind of want to set the stage in Acts chapter 2. This was a festival um, in Jerusalem, and in Acts chapter 2, this is what it says. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues or flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. Later on in that text, it says how all the foreigners were confused because they were hearing um, other people speak their language, and they were... It, but God gave them, poured, on that day, he poured out his spirit for the, for after Old Testament times, after Pentecost, and for now, still today. Um, and it's very clear in that text that God poured out his spirit for all who um, are willing to receive it. Right. Pastor Aaron talked about the Trinity and how upon salvation you receive God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all in one and as the figurehead of God. And it's kind of weird to think about sometimes, but those are all one person living inside of you. I think about that, and I'm reminded of myself that a few times even recently. Like, that blows my mind to know that God the Father, God the Son Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit are living inside of me to empower me, to give me direction, to give me strength in areas I didn't know I needed it. Um, And that's available to every single one of us. 
through salvation, through water baptism, and then through um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, there's another passage in Acts chapter 8. So this is after Pentecost had fallen. And it talks about how the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate and separate experience from salvation and from the water baptism. And it says in Acts chapter 8, it talks about how Philip... Um, so in, sorry, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. During Pentecost, Peter was the first one to give the message to all of Jerusalem about Jesus and his great works and him and setting into heaven. And that's when the spirit came down from then on. All the other disciples started to give messages of good news to, to cities of, that were, um, for example, in Acts chapter eight, Samaria, uh, Philip was in Samaria. It was a city full of demon possession, a lot of corrupt spirits and a lot of people that needed Jesus, just like. Um, today, our city is hurting, as a lot of us can agree. Um, yeah. But Philip goes to Samaria to kind of set the stage, and he preaches to a massive group of people. A lot of them, like I said, are demon-possessed, and um, they are all delivered. They all accept Jesus Christ as their Lord, and they are, they are believers, and then they receive the Holy or sorry, the water baptism, um, and they're baptized in water and believers. Philip then goes back to Jerusalem, where Peter and John are waiting In Acts chapter 8, um, verses 14 and 17, it said, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they had arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands... Whoa, I broke it. Trade? Sorry. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Testing. Fixed. Okay. <laughs> um, so this is one of the main scriptures in the Bible where it talks about how the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a completely separate experience and very powerful. Later on in that scripture, it talks about how a bunch of people started to follow Peter and John and Philip everywhere and see all the great miracles um, that were happening in the Spirit and... Um, it just shows a lot of power. So the next point I kind of want to go into is the empowerment that comes with um, being filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. So we talked about in the Old Testament how the uh, how the Spirit worked and moved through prophets and judges and warriors. But a big question that a lot of people ask and I think sometimes get confused on is how is the Spirit at work now? Um, I believe with the power and our, what our church believes is with the power of the Holy Spirit he comes to make us more like Jesus over time and witness yeah. just like him. Yeah. Um, like we said, Jesus was a perfect human being. He was came in human flesh, and he had no flaws. Um, but because of saying we are all flawed and fall short of the glory of God, right. but because of his great sacrifice, we are able to, to experience eternity with him. But even upon salvation, Pastor Aaron and I were talking about this earlier, I can be very messed up and get saved and accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the Father into my heart, but my mind can still be messed up. Um, you have to, I think there's a separate experience between your mind getting saved and your heart getting saved. I can accept Jesus Christ as my Lord, and if I die that day, I'm going to heaven, but I can still be struggling with a lot of things mentally that I need to be delivered from. Um, so I believe the power of the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to be like Jesus over time and fill us up and live out the fruits of the Spirit. Right. It also teaches us to, it, and teaches us and helps us how to remember. He gives us wisdom for the future and He convicts us of our sins. The Holy Spirit helps us to be confident as God's children. 
In the same way as my mind not being saved, I think as a new believer it could be really easy to get confused. Like, yes, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but am I really like God's children? How does that work? And the Holy Spirit um, is very convicting in that way and gives us confidence to, to proclaim Him and be like Him. Yeah. One thing that I think is very important to note is with this baptism of the Holy Spirit, it, like we've, we've kind of talked about, it can be really confusing and we just wanted to set the stage for you guys to be literate and understand what the process is to continue living your life with Jesus. Right. This isn't something you need for salvation, but we believe that you will receive extra power and empowerment and the ability to be like Jesus through this. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that is available to each and every one of us. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 um, that this baptism is available to everybody. And what we believe is the first initial evidence of this is to be able to speak in tongues. And he says in that passage, he says, I want you all to be able to speak in tongues to edify yourself, but I also want you to be able to prophesy to be able to edify the church. I think a lot of times it can be easy for to, for us to be like, okay, we spoke in tongues. I think we're good. I got it. I'm filled. But what Pastor Aaron and I had a really good conversation about today is it's not this one-time thing. Yes, we spoke in tongues. We're filled with the Spirit. But that's just God's. Be- that's just the Spirit beginning in our lives. Right. There's a whole process right. afterwards where God's going to continue to fill us and give us power and to help us to build that character that's more like him. It's not going to be an instant thing. And it shouldn't be because at that point, if that were the case, we would check off a box and not want to pursue him anymore. For me, like I was saying earlier, I want it to be a constant pursuit of him and a constant ask of the Spirit and of God to continue to push me forward and stretch me and make me uncomfortable because the Holy Spirit makes us and gives us confidence in ways that we couldn't imagine prior. So with that... um, we believe that God will give you a special prayer language to to intercede on your behalf. And like we said, this can be confusing and even sometimes weird, let's be real. Um, yep. But in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, he says, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since the people around you won't understand. But you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, and it will be mysterious. This is something that, in my experience... Um, I was saved from a very young age, like Pastor Aaron. I was baptized when I was little. Um, but in middle school, I wanted to be baptized in water again because I kind of started to realize my faith to be my own, and I wanted to make that proclamation right. for him. And once I was filled with the Spirit, I was I didn't understand completely what the power entailed. But now knowing, when I have a situation in life that feels impossible to conquer or if I have a friend that's going through something and I don't necessarily know what for and what to pray for the Holy Spirit will give us a special prayer language to pray on our behalf so we may not know what we're saying but the Spirit will intercede for us and pray in a way that not that only he can know we need Um, it also says in Romans 8 verse 26 or 27 the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness when I'm praying for something that I don't understand or I don't know what I need to pray, I feel very weak. So he helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows that the Spirit is what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Even like I honestly, if I'm being really straight up, I had never heard that verse until I was message prepping this week. 
And it gave me so much reassurance because I knew this my whole life and I've seen it at work in my life. I'm sure Pastor Aaron has seen has experienced it as well. But to know that the Spirit pleads for us with God's will. A lot of times it can be easy for us to pray for something we think we need, but it may not be God's will. In a situation where we're confused or where we, we don't know what to pray for, God's will be done um, when we pray in our special prayer language. Um, I think where our main point of confusion can occur is the difference between a special prayer language in the Spirit and a spiritual gift in a service or a church congregation that may be placed on you. Um, there can be, I believe that the, there's certain situations where you can be in a church service and in a very holy moment and the God and the Holy Spirit can place a special word on your heart and oftentimes that is in tongues. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, this is where Paul is listing all of the the very special spiritual gifts that come with the Holy Spirit. And he says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And also later on in that verse in chapter 10 he says, To another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another in the interpretation of tongues. Um, this is something like, even after growing up in the church and being baptized in the Spirit and filled with the Spirit and baptized in water and being saved. This is something that still weirded me out a little bit. I actually didn't understand understand it for a while. Um, but we grow, we, we, um, we, t- we go to a very open church when it comes to gifts of the Spirit. We allow room for the Spirit, and it's all based in order. Paul instructs us to, if we're going to practice our spiritual gifts, to do it in order and to do it into honor of God. So when someone spoke out an order in a service and gave a message in tongues. I was a little bit like, what is that? And then there would be an interpretation. But God says that this interpretation of tongues will benefit the good of the church. It's it's for the church. It's to edify the church, not just yourself. A special prayer language, someone may, next to you may not understand, but you are edi- God is in the Spirit is edifying what you, what you don't know you need. A message in tongues in a service it will be interpreted and oftentimes be for the common good of the church to build the church up, not just ourselves. Um, Paul instruct, Like I said, Paul instructs us to conduct these gifts in order. That's very important um, in an honoring way and out of respect for the Lord and his gift to us in the Holy Spirit. But no matter what, this is the, kind of my last point, and Pastor Aaron and I can kind of go back and forth, but... What I've experienced with the Holy Spirit and working in my life, the greatest fruit of the Holy Spirit empowering me in my life and seeing others is the fruit that comes along with it. Pastor Aaron's talked about it a few times, but the word humility. There's going to be a trickle-down effect where you're saved, you're baptized in water, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, and God, God's going to trickle down and... You're saved in your heart from salvation. You're baptized in water. You make a proclamation. And baptism of the Holy Spirit is like a maturation of your mind. You're maturing your faith walk with Jesus. You're striving to be more like Him. So His power will trickle down into your character, into your roots, and make you more like Him. It's a constant push after Him. It's a constant strive to be more like Him and not to settle. I don't ever want to settle anymore. And I've there's been too many times in my life, even after being experiencing all these different situations where I still settled and it's not fun and I just it's important for me 
to continue pushing after him and helping God help me to live in humility and in, and to love. Because oftentimes we can, like I said earlier, it's not, being filled with the Spirit is not just about speaking in tongues or being able to prophesy or to be able to heal people. Those are great gifts that God brings and to each gift their own, but it's far more important to me that I see someone living like Jesus rather than being baptized in the Spirit and living not very righteous. Um, I don't know if Pastor Aaron has anything else to add. But. Yeah, I think that sometimes we can start to, um, like you, you used the term earlier, check a box. Mm-hmm. And so we pursue something. Um, Pastor Brian talked about it on Friday night. What's your motive? What's your motive? God, I want everything you got. And I think that's what you just said. Like, I don't want to settle. Some of this stuff is like, okay, we're going to be discovering pieces of this the rest of our lives. Amen. Okay? Because this is a book that, I mean, there's people that have studied this that know front and back way better, but they're not even saved. Because they haven't let it affect them. That's good. It's not the key. The key isn't, it's, it's, does everything, it's the word that you've shared several times. The Holy Spirit, the language of the Spirit will always be humility. God, I need more of you. So if you have something for me, I mean, God filled me in the Spirit way before I deserved it. I was so young, barely knew what I had. And then God kind of revived that in me later in life, even as I fell deeper in love with them in my early 20s. But the, the language of humility and love, that's what he's trying to steal. The, the Holy Spirit will come in a message for me and he'll say, come on, don't go there, go here. This is what I'm doing. The Holy Spirit will come and he will convict of sin. Aaron, 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 you don't have any business being involved in that. You know, change the channel, Aaron. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, he will come and he will help you. He's, the, he's your helper. So to say, that's too weird as opposed to God... I'm willing to be uncomfortable. I was thinking about this while you were talking about, actually, I was talking about how your tongue is involved in salvation, right? Mm-hmm. I have to confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Why is it that he, he connects the tongue to salvation, but then also coming back, he connects it in water baptism, my public declaration of who I love, and then he connects it in this really interesting thing that he asks us to step out in faith. God, I give you control of my tongue right now. I'm asking you to give me a heavenly prayer language so that you and I can just have this conversation. And I'm going to tell you as a pastor, I have never given a message in tongues in a service. There are a lot of people that my, I grew up with my mom and dad doing that all the time. You know, they would give a message. One would interpret and God just flows through them in that way. I've known incredible, powerful leaders that have said that to me that, that God's never used me in that way. But the, the, the language of the spirit for you to ask for God to give you your own personal prayer language, that is for every one of you. And what I don't want and what Spencer doesn't want is for any of you to be insecure. If you stood up at that altar the other night and said, God, I'm asking you to fill me and that didn't happen just like that. Just keep pursuing. I like to analogize it to like, we were talking about this, like, it's like you ordered something from Amazon. You don't know when it's going to show up. (laughs) But stand in faith. I believe that's for me. I don't have to go earn that. Does everybody hear me? You don't earn the Holy Spirit. Well, I just got to fix some stuff and I got to straighten some stuff out. No, in humility, I stand before him and say, Father, I want everything that you've got. The stuff that I understand and the stuff I don't. If I'm understanding clearly what scripture says, way to break that down. That is a lot. 
and you break it. If this is what the inheritance for me is, then I want it. The stuff I understand and the stuff I don't, I want. If you did that through the Apostle Paul, if you did that through the disciples, if you did that, do it through me. And I'm willing to stand out in faith and I'm willing to ask for what you said is part of my inheritance. And for some of you, you've, you've, you've heard pieces of it and you've heard other pieces of it and it's just kind of gotten, and the church just does a poor job of this at times. I'm not talking about ours, but in general of making this really complicated as opposed to he's really interested in your heart and then he's really interested in you stepping forward and saying, I love him, I've trusted him. And then for you to come and say, God, I want all the help I can to walk this out in victory. I understand that I cannot do this on my own. You were talking about that like, Erickson used to say this all the pastor Erickson used to say he saves your life, but he doesn't necessarily save your brain right away. It's like two cats in a bag. Would you agree? When you came to Jesus, did you start having all kinds of straight thoughts about everything right out of the chute? No, I'll just answer for you. Okay. And for sure, that was my first, first Corinthians 10, five, second Corinthians 10, five talks about how we have to learn how to take every thought captive. The Holy spirit helps you to do that. So for us to be in humility, to be able to come and say, God, would you help me? Would you help me? I want, I'm asking you to fill me with your spirit, with your power so that I can live this Christian life out in victory. Not as a victim, but as a victor. Come on, this is, this is a crucial, crucial thing. That the enemy will do anything and everything he can to screw you up on this. To confuse you on this. To, to, to distract you right now so you don't hear me right now. And I'm telling you, if you take him at his word on this, the humility of the spirit. He comes gen- in gentle and a gentle spirit. And he comes and says, would you, would you take, just take my hand? I'm not weird. I'm kind. And yes, you may not fully understand what this language of the spirit is, but it's just you saying, I'm getting out of the way. And right now I'm learning how to talk to my heavenly father. When do you do that, Spence? What does that look like for you in your journey? And I know we got to wrap up here. And worship team, would you come up? In moments of desperation when, like I was saying earlier, when there's prayers that I know need to be said, but I have no clue how to say them. Yeah, right. In moments of where I'm like, God, I need you to help me in this area. God, I need you to do this. But I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know what that person's going through. I don't know even really, really what I'm going through, but please fix this area. Yeah. Please intercede for me on this behalf. We talk about intercession a lot. We even ask specific leaders or other people, hey, can you intercede in this area for me? That means join you. Yeah. I'm working my best, but I need other people to surround me to help me in this area. Pastor Aaron, will you intercede with me in my purity? Pastor Aaron, will you intercede with me in my walk with the Lord? Holy Spirit, will you intercede with me for my brother who I don't know is hurting? I don't know how he's hurting. To stay caught up with us as a youth ministry, go to PC Youth Salem on Instagram and YouTube and join us Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific time for our live stream. Have a great week.